Good evening, everyone. Sorry for the slight delay. I'd like to call this regular meeting of September 13, 2023 to order. I'd like to ask Councilmember McGurk to lead us in the Pledge of Allegiance. Thank you. Will you please rise and join me in the Pledge of Allegiance? I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the Republic for which it stands, one nation under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Thank you. Roll call, please. Mayor Holloway? Here. Mayor Pro Tem Gamble? Here. Councilmember Beal? Here. Councilmember Figueroa? Here. Councilmember McGurr? Here. Thank you. Item one, schedule of future events. City Manager? Thank you very much, Mayor Holloway and members of the City Council. We don't have any events to announce this evening. Thank you. Thank you. Item two, presentations and proclamations. We have two um, presentations and a proclamation uh, tonight, 2.1, certi certificate of recognition and then another proclamation. I'd like to ask uh, Mayor Pro Tem to join me up front. Started a, uh, we're good. Started a business recognition recognition program, and tonight we'd like to invite um, Dave and Julie Kleckman, the owners of Fantasy Designs. Come on up. talk a little bit about this business, if that's okay. The City Council desires to distinguish with appreciation businesses that have made a significant contribution to the success and prosperity of the community. Dave and Julie and his daughter started Fantasy Designs in 1994 to meet the needs of companies and individuals who wanted custom embroidered products but could not meet the quality, quantity minimums required of larger businesses. Fantasy Designs has grown into a company that possesses all orders with personalized service, regardless of the job size, with a quick turnaround timeline and the highest quality results, and one-on-one -on -one personal consultations to ensure customization of each project to customers' exact specifications. Whereas the creative management team at Fantasy Designs utilizes state-of-the-art embroidery digitizable software, top of the line, Tajo? How do you say that? Tell them what it is? Okay. We'll talk to him in just a second. Hardware, an automatic screen printing press, and the new direct-to-garment digital printer to create, modify, and complete any order from one piece to thousands in a matter of days. Fantasy Designs specializes in creating your imagination in stitches and ink and works to masterfully digitize, embroider, and screen print 
custom images daily for a variety of customers, including high schools, local youth athletic teams, community organizations, corporate America, and individuals looking to personalize that very special gift. Now, therefore, on behalf of the city staff, the city council, and the public of Rancho Santa Margarita, we'd like to hereby recognize and thank Fantasy Designs for their contributions to our community. Thank, for choosing, thank you for choosing Rancho Santa Margarita as your business home. Congratulations. Could I ask you to take uh, talk a little bit more about your business? Sure. Okay. Oh yeah. <laughs> How long you got? <laughs> uh, no, thank you very much. Appreciate it. We're very happy to be up here in Rancho Santa Margarita. Great location for us. Um, we obviously do a lot of uh, sports. <clears throat> excuse me, sports teams, youth athletics, little leagues, uh, personal high schools, uh, pretty much anything that you can have embroidered, embellished, screen printed promotional products, uh, we're here for you. Love the community. Uh, we just went through a little remodel right now, so come see our new new digs. Uh, it's a little dusty right now, but we're, we really enjoy it. And again, thank you for the community. Thank you, appreciate it uh, for the city council. And uh, we're gonna be here for a while. So thank you very much, appreciate it. Thank you. All right, get some, get some pictures. Anybody wanna come up and be part of the pictures? Family, friends, come on up, please. This is the time. Yes. opportunity to remind everybody to shop and dine in Rancho. Uh, there you go. Yeah. Whenever we can. We have a proclamation from the World Alzheimer's Awareness Month, which is September of 23. I'd like to invite Kristen Maz, a supervisor with Alzheimer's Orange County, to come on up. Did I pronounce that okay? Okay, thank you. Amy helped me with that one. Whereas the nation, state of California, and city of Rancho Santa Margarita observe World Alzheimer's Month during the month of September. Alzheimer's disease, a progressive neurodegenerative brain disorder, tragically robs individuals of their moments and leads to progressive mental and physical impairments. More than 164,000 residents in Orange County and over 6 million Americans are currently living with Alzheimer's disease. Alzheimer's disease is the third leading cause of death in Orange County. The mission of Alzheimer's Orange County is to provide hands-on care and support information, referrals, education, and resources for families in Orange County and surrounding areas who experience memory loss, Alzheimer's, and other dementias. On behalf of the City Council of Rancho Santa Margarita, we do hereby proclaim the month of September 2023 as World Alzheimer's Awareness Month in the city of Rancho Santa Margarita. Thank you for being here. Would you mind talking a little bit more about your situation? 
Um, thank you so much for recognizing uh, World Alzheimer's Month. I do this work uh, in honor of my grandmother who had Alzheimer's disease. Um, and just on behalf of the families we serve, we appreciate um, the council and yourself and the city staff taking the time to, to recognize this. So thank you so much. Thank you for being here. Item three, public comments. This is the time to address the city council on any matter not listed on this agenda that is within the subject matter jurisdiction of the city council. Public comments are limited to three minutes per person and a time limit of 15 minutes for this segment of the public comments portion of the agenda. We have two e-comments. First one is from Rick Reese. He says, I offer my sincere condolences to your city and entire community on the passing of Richard Reese. As a longtime resident of Temecula, California, I confess to knowing little about the history and culture of Rancho Santa Margarita, but after reading about Mr. Reese's passing and legacy in a recent Orange County Register write-up, I can say that there is a lot more about your community that I hope to learn and experience in the future. My sincere condolences to the city of Rancho Santa Margarita and Godspeed to you all and to the Reese family. We have another e-comment from Craig Connors. I respectfully request the city council consider implementing precisely what Huntington Beach did yesterday on 9623 mandates are explicitly unconstitutional. Decisions to wear masks should be left to the individuals. Thank you for those comments. Item four, consent calendar. All matters on the, on the consent calendar are to be approved in one motion unless a council member, staff, or member of the public requests a separate action on a specific item on the consent calendar. Do we have any items to be removed? I will remove item 4.7 and ask for a motion on the remaining items. So moved. I'll second. We have a motion and a second. All those in favor? Aye. 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 Passes unanimously. Item 4.7, I'd like to bring up our city representative from uh, Orange County Mosquito and Vector Control, April Josephson. Thank you, April. Good evening, Mayor and Council Members. Um, I decided to come and speak tonight 
because first of all, I missed two of you last month, and I know one of you was celebrating something very special. Congratulations. Um, I, we're not going to be having a meeting this month, um, even though this is the worst month for the mosquitoes in our cycle. And with the extra rain, it's very bad. So I wanted to just point out to everyone to go to ocvector.org to look up any measures of how you can treat and um, deal with any mosquitoes. And if you need a service call, you can request one there. But I also wanted to address my report because in my report, we had two presentations last month that were entirely pertinent to my previous presentation that I made to the council last month. One was OC Waste and Recycling came and made a presentation about the organic waste. They claim that the rat problem, the rodent problem that we're having, has nothing to do with them. Okay, so first I wanted to let you know that. Second, all of the organic waste has been shipped out to LA County because OC didn't have the facilities, but they have been building them and they are now um, available if anyone is interested to get a tour of any of their three um, county facilities. The first one that went operational is Irvine, the second one is Brea, and the last one will be the um, San Juan. So if anyone is interested, you can go to their website and request um, <clears throat> OC Waste and Recycling give you a tour so you can see how they're going to be handling the organic waste. Anyway, so that to me was <laughs> a very big thing. Um, and then the last thing was on the flea-borne typhus epidemic that we have. And I mentioned that it, a lot of it, the timing of it and the trajectory had a lot to do with feral cats. Well, the district just submitted um, instructions to animal control agencies on how to deal with feral cats and if they're doing any trap, neuter, and return. But I've been in contact with them, and I'm going to work with them through cat rescues and other organizations so that we can address this from a different perspective because the animal control agencies have stopped their trap, neuter, and return programs, and they've told the public that if you find a stray cat, to put it back on the street, it'll be more likely to find its home than if you turned it into the shelter. So we're putting a lot more... We're not spaying and neutering for prevention, and we're putting a lot more unaltered animals back on the streets. So that's why we've had this epidemic. So I'm going to try to address it through the organizations that are best able to handle it. And um, there's going to be need, a need for a lot of community support and probably uh, funding and donations because, since the formal agencies who have the funding aren't doing the programs anymore. Anyway, those are the, just my updates. Thank you. Before you go, yes. um, I want to thank you so much for the work you do. And those that are in the audience probably don't know a lot about the uh, uh, Vector Control District until you need to know about the Vector Control District. And when you need to know about it, you need people like April and everyone else that represents uh, that board. And she does it essentially as a volunteer. I think they give them, give them a stipend that doesn't cover their gas money to Garden Grove and back. So thank you so much for what you do, uh, what you're prepared for, uh, things that happen when everyone sees an article in the paper that says, you know, West Nile, well, of course, oh, well, wait a minute, what are they doing over there in Vector Control? Well, trust me, they have, they have it in hand, and um, thank you so much for what you do. Very much appreciated. 
You're welcome. And I just want to add that we've had one human case of West Nile virus this year, but we've had a dozen cases of flea-borne typhus in humans. This is why we yeah. have where our focus needs to a shift to that, as well as continuing the um, ad addressing the West Nile virus problem. Thank you very much. We hope welcome. you stay as our representative. Please well, do. Thank you for giving me the opportunity. I enjoy it. Thank you. <laughs> Yes, that's good. Do I need to, we need to vote on 4.7? Yes, oh, of course we do. Um, I have a motion on item 4.7. So moved. Second. We have a motion and a second. All those in favor? Aye. Aye. Motion carries. Items removed from the consent calendar. Item 5, public hearing items 5.1. Third public hearing to consider composition of districts for continuing the process to transition to bi-district elections. City Attorney Greg Simonian. Thank you, Mayor Holloway, members of the City Council. Uh, this is the time and place scheduled for the third public hearing to consider public input regarding the composition of districts concerning the City Council's ongoing process to transition from at-large to district elections. As required by state law, this third public hearing allows for interested members of the public to once again be afforded an opportunity to provide more input regarding the composition of the districts and to provide comment on the proposed draft maps. State law requires four public hearings before final map selection, and state law mandates that the process be completed within 90 days. The purpose of this third public hearing is for the council to review the draft maps, narrow the list of maps, and begin the process for selecting a preferred map that is appropriate for the city of Rancho Santa Margarita. No final decision will be made on the preferred map during tonight's third public hearing. However, the council may narrow the pool of draft maps through a non-binding selection of focus maps, possibly including declaring a preference for moving forward with four districts or a five district map or maps. The fourth public hearing for the council to further consider the draft maps and to select a proposed final map and to determine sequencing of the elections is scheduled for September 27th. Final map adoption is scheduled to occur on October 11th in order to stay on schedule, and that will then complete the transition to district process. Once again, it's my pleasure to introduce the city's retained demographer, Dr. Justin Levitt. He's the vice president with National Demographics Corporation for a presentation. Thank you. Good evening. Uh, good evening, Mayor Holloway, members of the council, um, members of the community who are here tonight uh, and watching this presentation. Um, it's a pleasure to be here uh, to present on the maps. Uh, just to kind of recap what our, where we are in the process, tonight is the first time we're actually being looking at draft maps. The first two hearings and workshop really looked at um, basically uh, the criteria, the neighborhoods, we introduced the tool, we discussed the factors that we consider in the, in, in, in the maps. Um, all of, of our first initial, after our first initial deadline of September 1st, we did release our first round of draft maps online September 6th in accordance with state law, requires that a week out. Um, tonight, we have our first look at the draft maps. Following tonight's presentation, uh, there's another opportunity for requests or changes, revisions to the maps, um, anything um, else that we can bring back to our next hearing. Um, in addition, between now and then, there also is another community workshop on September 23rd where we will present the draft maps, particularly any focused maps that we have received and the new maps that have come in on before, September 20, uh, before September 15th um, at that workshop to 
uh, provide testimony, feedback um, on the, those draft maps. Um, after that, uh, we will come back here on September, or after that, um, we'll have our next hearing on September 27th at a regular council meeting. Um, at that point, council will be asked to adopt or make a final selection of a map and introduce the ordinance. Um, and that final um, adoption of it will happen on the following council meeting on October 11th. Uh, just to clarify, that workshop is at 10 a.m. at the community center. Um, so right here at the same building, just across the way at the community center, like our first hearing. Um, and all of those dates and times and are also on our website, drawrsm.org. Uh, just to kind of review uh, the criteria, we could think of the criteria at this stage as um, our evaluation for evaluation of the map. Do they meet the requirements of federal and state law? Um, first on federal laws, um, are the maps equal in population? Do they fit within the Supreme Court's guidance that districts must be no more than 10% difference between the largest and smallest? Uh, we actually did receive one map that did not comply with this that we will highlight. Um, all the remaining maps we received did comply with equal population requirement. Um, also, we look at the Federal Voting Rights Act. Um, is race properly used as a factor in that it's not the only factor, predominant factor justifying the creation of a district, but only one of many factors considered alongside communities of interest? Um, and then we look at the middle column, our criteria for cities laid out in the Fair Maps Act. Um, are the districts contiguous? I'm happy to say that all the maps we received, we had contiguous districts. Um, and so we come to the heart of the discussion now on communities of interest and neighborhoods. Areas with similar socioeconomics or geographic similarities should be kept together for the purpose of their fair and effective representation. Um, as a reminder, as part of that, we drew in the, I believe, 110 or so different communities and neighborhoods, homeowners associations that we could identify um, as our building blocks for those maps. Um, easily identifiable boundaries is something to consider now in this stage of the process as well. Um, how well do the district lines follow major roads and other easily identifiable ways for people to understand which district they live in? And finally, compactness. Uh, the law defines this as not bypassing one group of people to get to a more distant group of people. But these are rank ordered for a reason. And so, for example, if we are trying to keep certain communities together uh, before their fair and effective representation, that takes priority over compactness. Uh, and finally, just as a reminder, um, factors like partisanship and competitiveness between the political parties are not explicitly prohibited, actually, in the Fair Maps Act criteria. And then in the third column, other traditional districting principles are just points that the courts have recognized as being valid to consider. Um, and we could think of them as after and only after we look at federal and state criteria, we can consider factors like future population growth and particularly respecting the voters' choices, the principle that voters of the city have elected a board, uh, council and that the decision should be left up to voters rather than a pen on the map as to whether members continue. Um, all of our draft maps are published online, and I'd like to highlight our interactive review map as well. That allows you to zoom in and out to really view detail in the different draft maps. Um, we received 13 maps from the community. Uh, 103, shown here um, on the screen, is not population balanced. The other 12 were. Um, NDC also drew an additional four maps to add to this conversation. Um, and what we've done with the remaining um, I believe uh, 16 maps 
is group them together based on the number of districts. So we grouped four districts and five districts separately and based on some of the similar features for discussion. That way, if there's a particular group of maps that we like or we dislike, we can come back to that group um, and discuss the similarities or which version perhaps would serve best as a focus map. Uh, for example, um, here are six maps that are all five district maps that use Santa Margarita Parkway as a major dividing line um, between areas. All of these are within one population unit difference of each other and all the differences are entirely in commercial units or non-residential units. Um, all of them have a single district to the east um, and four districts uh, in, in, in the central part of the city. Um, and they use Santa Margarita Parkway in the central area to kind of distinguish the northern and southern districts in that section of the city. Um, and so visually, even though the district numbers vary a little bit because we're using the numbers that people put on the maps as they submitted them, um, you can do see some similarities between these six maps. Maps 101, 102, 107, 108, 109, and 112. We also did see other maps that had three that had an eastern district that, that basically uh, cut the eastern area into its own seat, um, but had some differences. So, for example, map 104, instead of using Santa Margarita Parkway, drew two districts that are vertical, north to south, um, crossing Santa Margarita Parkway. Um, and then map 110, for example, has a district that continues along the freeway, kind of along the western, or sorry, central to central to eastern section of the city. Um, and map 116 has a southern district um, that includes a lot of the areas um, in the south part of the city on either side of the freeway. Um, and a lot of, you know, and, and, and then you can kind of see that there are some other ways of thinking about it um, as we see in these three maps. Um, we did see two maps that divided the eastern part of the city, maps 111 and 117. Uh, these are both five district maps. Uh, map 111 has a district that crosses the northern portion of the city. It goes all the way from the eastern to the western end. And there's also an eastern district that crosses from Dove Canyon all the way down to the southern end of the city, uh, just along the freeway. Um, and 117 is a little bit more of a compact option with five districts that does divide Dove Canyon from the neighborhoods to its north. And then when it comes to four districts, um, obviously we can't just have a district entirely in the east and the four district maps, that wouldn't be population balanced. And so the maps differ on how they cross into the main port, the central part of the city. Uh, these two maps have a north central district is kind of what we called it uh, in green, district three, uh, kind of incorporates a lot of that area in the north central part of the city. Um, and then there's sort of an eastern, southern and northern Northwestern district in these maps. Um, in, our, in another group of maps, we have more of a central district. So on 113 and 114, we still have that northern district and that eastern district, but these all have a map that kind of crosses the central width of the city all the way from, you know, from, the, from, from right around here all the way over to the western end of the city. Um, and then we have one map where the, we divide the east. And 115 uh, was, we, we did, you know, we did take that request to look into maps. 115 was one way to do that in our four, four, four district maps. 
where we do cross and we you kind of brought the golf clubs together in the south end of the uh, Dove Canyon and the city into this one area for. Um, and so these are just some options that we are starting with tonight. Um, I'm happy to talk about any of the maps in more detail. All of those maps are population balanced and they use whole neighborhoods as their starting point. Um, I do want to also just briefly touch um, on the sequence of elections. Uh, we do have a memo um, on sequence of elections on the website. Um, I was made aware today of a couple of um, typos or problems on the errors on the web, and we are going to be fixing that right after the meeting. Um, so tomorrow we're going to repost that with our updated um, sequence. Um, for this hearing tonight, we're not actually getting into the sequence of elections properly. Uh, so our hope is that we can really have that discussion at our next public hearing. Uh, we are going to make, we are going to fix that tonight. Um, and so if there is anything, um, we always say that the more specific people can be about the maps, the better at this stage, um, simply so that we can take the feedback tonight and come back with better maps next time. Um, what, would, what, would the, what would both the community and the council like to see in any new maps? Um, and particularly because our timeline is short, um, what can we do to improve the maps now so that we come back to our next hearing with the map that we want to adopt? Um, and so that's why we're kind of asking for focused maps or at least a decision perhaps on four or five district to really get the conversation focused in on what kind of map we should be drawing, looking at drawing for that next hearing. And so with that, I thank you very much for your time and I'm happy to answer any questions. Thank you, Dr. Levitt. Um, at this point, do we have any uh, questions from council of staff? Councilmember Beal? Nice to see you again, Dr. Levitt. Thank you for being here. Um, with respect to these 17 maps that are before us, other than with respect to map number 103, which you've noted has some flaws, it couldn't be approved, is it your professional opinion that each of the other maps would be in compliance with the districting rules and goals that you've got summarized on page four of your presentation? I, I believe that all of them could potentially be. Um, just on the surface, I would raise a concern with map 111 in terms of its compactness um, in that northern district. Um, but if that is to keep communities together in a specific way, um, this is a map submitted by a member of the community. So um, I want them to be able to defend their map or uh, explain their map if they would choose. Um, but other than that, we believe all these maps would comply. Okay, thank you. Thank you, very, thank you very much, Mr. Mayor. Um, do you have a couple questions? Um, the first one is, um, and maybe city staff can answer this, um, which of the maps did we receive the most feedback on? Um, um, I know that we received a lot of resident feedback and we mm -hmm. so appreciate that, but I was wondering if we could just get a recap. We, we haven't received feedback other than the, the comments that were provided through the e-comments or if the individual submitted a map. Okay. Um, I do also have a question on the, um, as we know, the population deviation must be 10% or less um, for the, um, the process that we're going through here. I mean, do you feel, in your opinion, it's preferable to keep the numbers as close as possible? I know that there are quite a few maps where we're getting really close to that 10% deviation. Um, 101, 102, 104, 7, 8, 9, 
um, 11, 12, and actually 16 as well. We're almost sure. pushing that 10% that number. You know, I mean, is it preferable to try to keep that, that number as low as possible? That's a, that's a really interesting, it's a good question. It's an interesting question. Um, the presumptively constitutional threshold is 10%. Um, and I think the courts do expect some deviation in order to accomplish everything else on that list of criteria. Um, as you're getting closer to 10%, particularly, we would say, like, above 9% in, um, in particular, um, you, you, you know, you really want to be able to justify this is why we're making this decision. And you should be aware that the closer you are to 10%, the more likely it is it, next redistricting that there will have to be substantial changes. Uh, so there are concerns as, as you do get up above, like, especially 9%. Um, that being said, if, if we do have good reason for doing it, and for example, it really is to keep a particular area or community together, um, it might be preferable to look at how can we lower that deviation. Um, but in small cities um, or even medium-sized cities, sometimes you get some deviation. Yeah, because right now about nine of these maps are, are pushing that 10% figure. So I think it's just important to, to reference. Thank you very much, Ms. Mayor. Thank you. Council Member McGurk? Yes, just briefly. Uh, if I understand correctly, obviously we're here to talk about the CVRA, the California Voting Rights Act, and the redistricting. We're, we're obligated as well to follow the Federal Voting Rights Act of 1965. Is that correct? Correct. And one of those elements uh, that we have to follow would be that we cannot have any racial gerrymandering. Is that correct? Sure. And that would be explicitly drawing a district in such a way to inhibit or make it difficult for a protected class community to exercise influence or to enhance in an it. election. Yeah, um, right. in specific, um, you know, if if you can, um, there are some thresholds. For example, like you get to a different level if you can draw a district that's fifty percent of a specific um, protected class community. Um, that's not possible in our case. So what we're looking at here is just simply not prioritizing race in such a way that would diminish the capacity of a protected class group to influence election. The other thing I wanted to bring up, and, and we have an email that uh, was uh, kindly sent by a resident uh, who I greatly respect because she's very involved in Saddleback um, Valley Unified School District in Tribuco Hills and Melinda Heights. And, and so I greatly respect her opinions and her um, views on this. But it, it incorporates what I think is a misinterpretation of the law. And, and her comment was to have a mayor in four districts allows for one area to have more representation by elected officials than other areas. And I think the misunderstanding is that we're talking about districts that would be uh, elected officials would be chosen by those districts, but each representative would represent the entire city. Am I correct in that assumption? Yes. Your okay. fiduciary responsibility, your commitment is to represent the city as a whole, whether you're elected from a district or serve at large. All right. Thank you. Member Pro Tem Campbell. I have the pleasure of going next to last, so uh, Brad and Tony covered most of my comments. But I thank you for the um, doctor for the statistics on the back of this. This is really helpful. Um, and so, much like uh, Councilmember Figueroa, I was focusing on the percentage of deviation and um, tending to shy away from anything that's 5% or more, knowing that I think this is really um, 
since this is being imposed upon our residents, certainly it wasn't a resident's choice, um, I think as much of the work we can do to keep that uh, a likelihood that there'll be substantial changes uh, in the next census so that once everyone gets used to this, they, we're not changing it on them again. I think that's, that's something I find distasteful. So just a comment, but thank you. That was helpful for me. Good? Yes, thank you. Thank okay, you Thank you. Um, most all the questions I had were asked and answered, but I think it's worth repeating again, which um, Council Member um, McGurr brought up. Voting in a district or for a district or within a district is not the overriding um, issue for someone elected in that district. It is for the best interests of all the residents, not your particular district, which played a part certainly in, in, in my interest in this uh, process because if it were strictly your districts, then it might have been a different uh, conversation. But once that was clarified by you uh, a meeting or two ago, it made, the, it made this a lot easier to go through. So thank you for that. I think it's worth repeating because there's still some newcomers coming into all of this that maybe hadn't heard that. So I um, appreciate that. All right, we will uh, open the public hearing. We've got some e-comments and then a, a public comment. First e-comment comes from Rhonda Lundberg. Rhonda says she opposes the city council decision to restructure the city into a district election system. As my 828-23 e-comment discussed in more detail, I feel one moving to a district election system is harmful to the RSM electorate and unnecessary. Two, a district election system would ne negatively impact both the minority as well as all the RSM electorate and the misuse of the California Voting Rights Act is both harmful and destructive to the minorities and general voting public. Since you're going to restructure the city into a district election system, I favor four districts and an at-large mayor, which will give a RSM elector, elector two voting opportunities. In particular, I think the draft might map 113 represents the best choice for the RSM electorate, and it is it is four districts and an at-large mayor, which will give the Rancho Santa Margarita elector two voting opportunities. Second e-comments from Beth Hurd. I think it's the exact, Beth here? I think it's the exact same, no? Looks to be just about the exact same in the red. Let me, not that I mind reading it again, but I, I think it appears to be the exact same verbiage, okay? which is okay, but I don't think I need to repeat that. Uh, the third is from Carrie Baird. I support the drawing of five districts for members of the RSM City Council. This way, each area has one representative. I do not support four districts and electing a mayor at large. While that may seem to give people more voting opportunity, also allows one area more representation. That is not the spirit of the reason districts are being drawn. Looking at the map submitted, it is obvious people 
put thought into the drawings. Many of the maps follow the general boundaries of the city using Rancho Santa, or Santa Margarita Parkway or the 241 in keeping locations like Melinda Heights or Robinson Ranch and Dove Canyon together. Some of the maps drawn are obviously done to either give separate districts to current council members or to try to put them all in one district. Those maps don't re respect the neighborhood boundaries. E-comment from Chris McLaughlin. Tonight seemed like a great time to kill the idea of a four plus one format for our city council and mayor elections. Having a directly elected mayor is a terrible idea, and the only reason to consider it would be to try to preserve as many sitting council members on the dais going forward, especially maps 113, 114, 115. RSM has always had five council members, and there is no reason to change the structure now. For further argument against a directly elected mayor, listen to yourselves from 10 years ago when Jesse Patria proposed the idea. And we have a public comment from Chris McLaughlin. Good evening. Good evening, Mayor, City Council. Hello. Uh, good evening, Mayor, City Council. Uh, thanks for reading the whole comment, uh, Mayor Holloway. I appreciate it. I don't really have to cover that point anymore. Uh, a couple other points I wanted to make was, one, I'd be okay with City Council not transitioning to districts, uh, given everything uh, it's based on, uh, the flawed law, whether or not it affects our community. And now that we've gone through the public process of actually looking at changing and what changes that makes, it creates a whole lot more problems, it seems. And it, I'm not sure it solves anything. You look at the uh, racial demographics before and after for any of these maps, there's not really significant changes over the demographics uh, at large. Um, two, what's my second thing? I'll come back to it. Um, oh, sorry, the best map is 112. Uh, that's not even mine. I didn't submit it. It's slightly better than the one I submitted. It was 102, just because it keeps in and out with Melinda Heights in the districts are slightly more compact. Um, the point about four plus one being a bad idea, um, I, the one, I, I, it goes along with the elephant in the room that I see when you look at where the current council members, what district they're currently in, and the rule about you can only have one per district. Uh, it really points up the, the whole idea on you guys are obviously conflicted personally in terms of conflict of interest, in terms of what map works out best for you to get reelected, or in the case of the directly elected mayor, it allows the uh, three members that sort of live in one district to have more than one by either splitting up the Arroyo Vista district or having the mayor be directly elected, that's an extra person. So to me, that seems a pretty bold-faced scheme just to keep everyone who's on city council still on city council to go with a four plus one mayor or some of these ones that are split uh, east-west into uh, dividing the Arroyo Vista area. Um, so that's really the elephant in the room and I think that's, it circles back to the idea to not convert to districts or at least maybe city council shouldn't be the one deciding it since they're deciding on their own election. The only way you can not get sued uh, going forward is if a court orders a map. So I'd, I'd be okay with saying, well, we're not gonna transition and if someone sues us, it's gonna be, uh, look a lot like 112 or 102 and that's fine. We should, that's what we should end up with anyway. 
about three minutes. So thank you. Take care. Thank you all for your comments. Any other comments, public or E? Comments? We have none. Okay, thank you very much. We'll close the public hearing and we move on to council discussion and deliberation. I'll start from my right. Councilmember Beal. Okay, thank you, Mr. Mayor. Uh, first off, I want to thank all the residents who took the time to prepare and submit proposed maps for uh, review or took the time to speak to us and share their thoughts and comments with us or take the time to submit written comments. It's very helpful to all of us to get that feedback. Um, as I mentioned at our prior meetings, and I'll reiterate again tonight, um, along the lines of the public comments that we receive from uh, Ms. Lundberg again tonight and also from Ms. Hurd, uh, I agree with a lot of their points. Uh, my strong preference in a perfect world would be to retain the status quo in Rancho Santa Margarita with respect to the way elections are held. I do not buy for one instant uh, that there is any kind of racially polarized voting that has gone on or there is some uh, need to change the way we hold elections because they're somehow flawed or unfair to anyone. Um, but we don't live in a perfect world. And sadly, we live in the state of California and we are obligated to comply with California law. And the statute that the California legislature drafted and was signed by the governor, in my opinion, is very poorly drafted. Once again, it has a one-size-fits-all approach that is not in the best interests of our city or any other city that's similarly situated. And by doing so, really, it, it forces us into a situation to capitulate to the demand to go to districts or face litigation, which historically has resulted in every instance where a city has tried to fight going to districts because they argued it wasn't necessary. Because it's such a poorly drafted statute without adequate, clear, objective measurements as to what it is they're trying to fix, every single one, every single city has lost, and they've also spent oftentimes not just hundreds of thousands of precious city resources, but millions. And that is something that I know I don't want to subject a risk I don't want to subject our city to, and I think our councils crossed that bridge already in prior meetings not wanting to do so. That's by way of background. Big picture, the goal tonight really is to, as we heard, to try and narrow um, the maps for council consideration to maybe focus more, to create focus maps, narrow the pool of maps. And having thought about this an awful lot and studied all these maps and all the applicable law, as I mentioned, I agree with the sentiment of the written comments submitted by Ms. Lundberg and um, Ms. Hurd. I think the best solution for this situation, although I wish we didn't have to go to districts, is to go to a four plus one 
meaning four districts with one directly elected mayor. I think that is better than going to just five districts. The reason that I think that is that in a four plus one scenario, every voter in the city gets the opportunity to directly vote for and help elect two city council members. And in a five district scenario, they only get one. And I acknowledge I have always opposed from the time I first was sworn in to serve on this city council. I've always opposed the idea of our city changing the way its elections are held to from at large to by district or having a directly elected mayor. But today, the circumstances that we find ourselves, uh, it's completely different. Our hand is being forced into districts due to this flawed law. And so we have to make a choice that we think is in the best interest of the city. And from my standpoint, four plus one is better than, um, for each resident and each voter of this city because they get to directly have an impact on two of the members that would serve them on their city council, and that's better than five. I trust in the wisdom of the voters, and my goal is to give every voter in this great city as much power and control as possible. So as to the four plus one districts, um, if my preference as far as the maps that are before us today, I, I like number 113, which also happens to be the map that Ms. Lumberg and Ms. Hurd uh, referred to, and also number 114. If the council was inclined to go to five districts, having of all the maps that are, um, well, before moving on to five districts, I'd point out one of the advantages of number 113 is I believe it has the smallest percentage deviation of any of the maps, and um, I, I like that. I think it withholds um, close scrutiny. Um, with respect to five districts, if the council was to determine that that was the direction that the council wanted to move, that would be my second choice for the reasons I just stated. But the maps that I would put on the short list for focus would be number 117 and possibly number 116. Thank you. Councilmember Figueroa. Um, thank you, Mr. Mayor. Um, well, I concur with a lot of what Councilmember Beale said. Um, this is nothing that any of us wanted or sought out or anything like that. Um, this is something that our city doesn't need. And uh, it's, it's unfortunate, but we all know that the financial exposure to the city is, is too great, and uh, none of us on council are, are willing to take that, that on. Um, if it was an easier thing to fight, I think we'd probably be doing that. So um, I've had, you know, some several just uh, quick thoughts about looking at these maps since we've gotten them. 
Um, I really think I'm still open to five districts versus four. Um, I, I do agree with um, Ms. Lungbird's um, comments as well that four plus one does give our residents two voting opportunities, which I think is, is very important. Um, obviously with five districts, you'd only be voting for your particular um, elected official in that area that is running. Um, and I went over in the last meeting some of these, these not great things about when you're only voting for, for one individual for your city. So uh, my preference right, right now would be four plus one. I still would be open to five. I know that we haven't seen all the maps yet, that we still have an opportunity to be reviewing some that are coming in um, in the next week and two. So I'm going to hold my judgment. But I, right now, my preference is four, point, um, four plus one. Um, also, um, like I mentioned before, it's going to be important for me to keep these districts as similar in size um, as possible. Um, I, I'm very hesitant to choose a map that's 7.5 or greater. Um, we even have a couple that are in the nines, particularly 111. Um, so in terms of if we did move forward with five districts, um, I'm looking at 117, that is around 5% deviation, and then um, maps, if we did 4 plus 1, 113, 114 um, are one of our lowest uh, deviation rates of 3.72 and 4.43. 4. Um, so anyhow, those are, are my thoughts at this point. Um, I, too, want to thank all of our residents for taking the time um, to research this. This is not necessarily fun stuff to be, to be looking at, but it just shows that our residents really care, and um, they brought out some excellent points. So I, I appreciate everybody's time they put into it, and um, we'll just go forward, and we're going to make the best decision for the city as possible, and that's what the city council wants to do. So thank you very much. Thank you. Councilmember McGurk. Thank you. Well, I also I want to take a moment to thank the members of the public and our retained demographer for producing all these maps, uh, not just that we've looked at, but also all the emails and Facebook messages and, and phone calls about this issue. I'm not a, obviously I made myself very clear on the issue before. The California Voting Rights Act is a misnomer. It doesn't give anybody any rights. It takes away the right to vote. It does. It, there's no other way of looking at it. Right now, in this last election, the entire city votes for five people, and those five people represent the entire city. And the five people that will be elected in the future will also represent the entire city, but everyone's not going to be voting for them. And I, I find that just to be a horrible balkanization of our city, our state, our water districts, our school districts, and our country. I just think it's absolutely wrong. The CVRA is far more, um, well, you used the right word, uh, liberal than the Federal Voting Rights Act. The CVRA uh, just basically assumes uh, racially polarized voting. And uh, as has been pointed out before, there's absolutely no evidence at all that this city has ever been engaged in racially polarized voting. Um, so that being said, my feeling is the CVRA diminishes voting power for all of our residents, and for that reason, I am, I'm very strongly in favor of the four districts and one elected mayor. 
I think at the very least, you can't have five people vote, or the residents vote for five people. At the very least, they can vote for two. And as I pointed out earlier, those two people they vote for will not be representing their district, not representing their neighborhood, not representing their HOA, not representing their school district, but representing the city of Rancho Santa Margarita. So I feel very strong about that. Now, with regard to the selection, if you will, of maps and what my criteria is, I look at it this way. There's basically three levels of government that are local government that everyone lives under. One is the city council. One is their master and sub-associations, HOAs, and the water districts. Uh, one could also argue the school districts involved as well, but the school districts were established in our city long before we were a city. And there's not much we can do about that. If you look at the borders of Capistrano Unified School District and then Saddleback Valley Unified School District, it's very odd. You can go to Dove Canyon and find children that are going to Tesoro High School or Mission High School or Tribuco Hills. You go to Melinda Heights, it's primarily Tribuco Hills. You go by the golf course, it's, it's, it's almost all uh, Tesoro. So it's a very uh, strange mix, and there's not many maps. I don't think any map can be designed that's going to accommodate that. But looking at the HOAs and, and whatnot, we need to avoid divisions of communities of interest. Now, in my mind, that makes sense maybe in Los Angeles where you have Beverly Hills and Lawndale or Compton or various areas of the city that, that are you know, associated with common um, community interests. But in Rancho Santa Margarita, we have a very homogenous, homogenous I should say, city. We, we all... We go to the same stores, we attend the same schools for the most part, we worship at the same churches, and things are pretty pretty homogenous throughout the city. So I don't think there's a lot we can do in that regard. But when I look at the, the maps themselves and try to find out the best way of looking at it, I agree with Councilmember Figueroa. I'm looking at the population deviation and what was said earlier about coming back here two years from now, four years from now when the city has changed, and when we have population deviations that are up at 9% or 7.5%, and now they change, we're going to be right back here doing the exact same thing and redrawing maps. So I'm looking at a low, looking for a low population deviation. I'm looking for maps that will respect the master HOAs. I, I don't agree with uh, taking Dove Canyon and Robinson Ranch and Walden and Cielo Vista and, and separating them. They, none of those communities... Uh, have Sam Lark as their master HOA. And I think that's important to try to the best ability as we can to keep that together. Even though there might be some bleed over, if you will, into other areas, I think it's important to keep that master HOA idea in our heads and not divide either the master HOA to any great degree or certainly the sub-associations. So that's important to me as well. Um, When I look at all the maps, also you want to keep in mind the water districts, Tribuco Canyon Water District, uh, covers the same areas I just mentioned, the Walden and Sierra Vista and um, Dove Canyon, Robinson Ranch, Tribuco Highlands. Uh, and so I think that's an important factor to keep in mind as well. So I've received a lot of calls and emails and, and whatnot. And again, I feel very strongly that the four and one is the way to go as opposed to five smaller districts. That's the other reason is that the districts are larger when you have four districts as opposed to five and so, yes, because 9,000 is the population max for five, 12,000 for four. And so um, I think that's important to keep that in mind as well. So um, with that, 
Um, my preference is map number 113. When you look at the other four and ones, um, map number 105 um, has a large area, a much larger area of non, or excuse me, Samlark homes incorporated with the Dove Canyon district. Uh, it mixes water districts. It also has what I believe is to be a, um, a drawing of the only area in the city that our demographers pointed out had a 50% uh, Hispanic population. So it carves out that area, which I don't think would pass muster with the Federal Voting Rights Act that specifically says no racial gerrymandering is allowed. So that's a concern with that. Um, and the same thing with number 106, the population deviation is over 50% higher than map number 113 or 114. That's at 586 and so when I look at these, I just think the best choice is 113. My second choice would be 114. If the council were inclined to uh, consider a five-district um, um, choice as opposed to four and one, uh, again, I would, be, uh, I would be not happy with that. I think it's a bad way to go. I think I would choose 116 if I had to choose any of them. I should point out also with regard to number 114, it divides what I would call the lake neighborhoods. In other words, if you look at the number 114, the border of two districts goes right through the lake, the middle of the lake. So you'd have a, you know, a district that would um, involve, the, I guess it would be north and northern homes, and another district that would involve the southern homes. And I would hope that that could be tweaked in some manner whereby that wouldn't occur if the council were in favor of 114. But... Um, those are my thoughts. I'm purposely not going to get into a discussion any more than I already have regarding my, frankly, my disgust with the entire CBRA. Um, I think the whole idea of what we're doing here is, is really unfortunate. The city has, is over 20 years old, and um, we've never had anyone ever accuse anybody in this city of racially polarized voting. We've had um, everybody, all good people who have run for city council, and I think highly of every last one of them, including anybody here in the audience who have done that. It's not an easy you know, row to hoe to go campaigning for a city council seat. So I respect that. And so um, I don't think any of them, I dare say, would get up and say that we have been involved in racially polarized voting. That's just my thought on that. So <laughs> after saying I wouldn't get on the soapbox and talk about my disgust with CVRA, I just did. So with that, Mr. Mayor, I thank you. Thank you, Mayor Pro Tem Gamble. One thirteen, fourteen, and, and then if you had to go five, one sixteen. One sixteen. Okay, great. I'm trying to keep track here. Got it. Thanks. Thank, thank you, Mr. Mayor. I'm going to try to um, be brief with my comments. So, one of the um, things I wanted to make sure that the public knows is that whether or not the cities have been found to have racially polarized voting. Um, all of the cities who have fought this lost. And when you lose, you not only pay your legal fees, but you pay the legal fees of the entity that has accused you of racially polarized voting. And of course, their experts, their paid experts that uh, give testimony uh, against the city. So as loathsome as this entire process has been, it's made me think that the most 
polarizing issues that our city has dealt with have been two issues that have been imposed upon us, not ones of our own doing, not a hell of our own making, but ones that have been imposed upon us. One was RENA, the Regional Housing Needs Allocation, uh, which is quite upsetting. And the second one is this. So both of these came from our uh, legislature in Sacramento. And my strong message is, if you don't like them, vote differently on the state level. Because the state is doing everything they can do to disenfranchise you and me. So since we're stuck with this, here we go. So um, I'm not going to repeat most of everything uh, all my council colleagues uh, discussed. Interestingly enough, though, we have uh, similar ways of thinking about this. And the one thing is I want to create the least amount of trauma for the residents in the future. As I mentioned in my last uh, the last meeting, I felt strongly about um, the four plus one. I wanted uh, the members in the community to be able to elect at least two people. I also thought it was a good idea to have one overarching member of the council, that being the mayor, uh, that had the entire city in their on their dashboard in their area of um, awareness. So uh, for that reason, I'm a, I'm a four plus one person and, and actually not inclined to deviate from that. But looking at the maps, I did take a look at uh, 105, which I found interesting. Um, 105 sort of was kind of troubling to me. You know, God help whoever lives in 105 because that district two is just enormous, um, taking it all the way from the far end into a um, heavily populated business section of, of Rancho and then over toward the lake. So I, I liked 105 because it was four districts. I do think I came to the exact same conclusion you did, Brad. I think we have what is would be District 3 is uh, gerrymandering for that um, uh, concentrated area. So for that reason, I've taken uh, Map 105 out, but I do applaud uh, all of the residents. These uh, have been fascinating to look at, and we heard from people who have never communicated with the city, so I'm really grateful to them. Um, I, I um, tend to gravitate toward a map that takes everything from Alicia Parkway and Marguerite Parkway into, into consideration as to one district. And for that reason, for example, um, I'm a fan of map 113 for further evaluation. It's got 3.72% uh, deviation. It's one of the lowest or the second lowest. And I like having those two sections of the city together because I think they have a homogenous interest. Um, I am a fan of keeping the communities on Plano Tribuco, Robinson Ranch through Dove Canyon as one district. It's my preference. I think they have so many similar attributes uh, all the way back to um, the uh, property tax increment that was awarded to the city for their inclusion. Um, map, uh, if, for four districts, 
I like, so I'll just give you my numbers. I like 113, interestingly enough, it, that's appealed to a lot of us. And I appreciate um, Lundberg, Lawrence, Corey, and I know I'm going to mess this up, Gildersleeve's efforts. That seems to be a map that um, came from the residents, which is fabulous to me. I love that. Um, 114 isn't a real favorite of mine. I can go into it because of that dog leg on top of District 1 that kind of takes the Dove Canyon Robinson Ranch zone and pushes it over into the center of town. And I think if we you know, brought that, you know, just had a demarcation for that that was more logical, that would be more attractive to me. I'm not a, a five-district fan, and but if I had to, like if the council's just determined to be a five-district council, um, you know, it's like it's trying to come in first place in the ugly parade, I think. You know, I, sorry. I think it's, um, I don't know, it's a toss-up to me between 116 and 117. I'm not a big fan of breaking up those communities, so I think I'm more a 116 person if you... Um, if you uh, look at the five, the problem I have with 116 is the deviation of 7.49. So if we're doing a, a sort of, a, I see you keeping track, I'm 113 and 114, and that's the only, 13 and 14, yeah. I could, you know, 16 is kind of palatable, but the problem is it's got too much of a deviation for me. We're going to just be back here tormenting everybody again shortly. And that's just, I mean, haven't we all tormented you enough? Thank you. Yes. just want to say, um, being the mayor is, is uh, a humbling experience and a great experience, but one of the byproducts is by the time you get to the mayor's time to speak, pretty much everything <laughs> that you were going to say has been said. Um, so to try to keep this brief, I agree with almost all the reasons I've heard as to... Um, the disdain I have for the state in putting us in this position. I also don't believe that there's anything in the city close to racial polarized voting. It doesn't exist. And I don't think we've had any comments to that effect, none that I can remember. That being said, um, this is still just a process where we're narrowing down the, the maps for further consideration. And the three maps that I am going to mark down for further consideration is uh, 113, 114, which are the 4.1, and then 116, which is a five district, because I know there's been some, uh, we, we, we so value public input because it isn't particularly frequent here, and we very much appreciate those of you that have um, given input and really in deference to those that have an interest in the five districts, and we're, we're still in the uh, narrowing down and uh, deliberation process, I'm going to uh, list 116 as a five district uh, option to maybe have further discussion about. Um, I think all of these options are all towards one goal, is to provide our residents the best possible quality city government um, to continue. I think everyone that lives here is overwhelmingly happy with most of what goes on in the city, and um, we want to make sure that continues. Uh, 
So I think this gives us that, uh, these maps and further conversation, which I'll be looking forward to um, in the next meeting or two, I think that gives us the best opportunity. So with that being said, um, no more further discussion. Any other comments before we move on? I think everybody's had their opportunity. Uh, city staff need any more um, uh, I, I, with Just some clarification. So the way that everyone uh, listed their maps to move forward, we have five individuals that uh, added 113, five individuals that added 114, three council members that suggested 116, and two council members that suggested 117. Is it the intention that all four of those move on, or would you like to, uh, in light of these figures, narrow that to three, or would you like all four to move on? That would be a decision that we would, we would appreciate. What I'm going to suggest is we start from our right and just go down that and down the from right to left and give our preferences. Is that would that work for you? I I, I just need there's just some consensus if you want to move all four of these forward or or for the next consideration. I keep all four um, for consideration. I think you've heard sort of where our heads are at as of today, but who knows what emails we might receive in the next two weeks um you know maybe something compelling comes our way that makes us rethink where we're at uh right now did you say four of them had at least three no i'm sorry do that again uh two had five mm -hmm. one had three and one had two i mean my suggestion unless there's i just let's send them all for for the deliberation okay. oh i i'm sorry I'm sorry. Oh, please go ahead. No, no, I, I agree. We send, let's deliberate over all four. Before I forget, I want to apologize. I made a comment that we had one former city council candidate. There's actually three of them out there. So to Mike Safransky and Chris McLaughlin, I apologize for not noticing you when I took off my glasses. But thanks for being here. Yeah, Mr. Mayor, um, I concur too. I and mean, we haven't voted on five versus no, four yet. No, so not at all. This is just all of them. what we yeah. can bring back for next time, yes. along with any other new additional maps that may be received by the 15th. Sounds like we have a consensus. Well, Mayor Pro Tem? I'm, I'm kind of thinking should we have a conversation tonight about four versus five? Is that necessary this evening? That, that's entirely up to the council. Okay. Whether or not there would be four or five. Yeah. It sounds like it sounds like council wants to to deliberate on all four maps, and and I'm okay with that. I just didn't know if y'all had strong feelings in one direction or another. Actually, I'm trying to capture you now, put you in the corner, since I'm a big advocate for four. So I'll, I'll be transparent in my deviousness. Councilmember Beal. If I was asked to vote tonight on that issue. I would say four plus one for the reasons I stated before. Mm -hmm. it, it wouldn't be close. So, we, But I don't well, necessarily there, need uh, to tonight. Yeah. And so just leaving it on the list of the narrow scope of pool, uh, the pool of maps, to me, it, it takes no extra work from city staff's standpoint. I don't think okay. it does from ours. I think we're good with the direction and leaving the options on the table. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. I agree. Great. Yeah. Not of the heads, we don't need a motion, correct? Okay, thank you. 
Item six, continued items. We don't have any. Item seven, new business. We don't have any. Item eight, public comments. This is the time to address city council on any matter not listed on this agenda that is within the subject matter jurisdiction of the city council. Do we have any other public comments? There are none. We do not. Item nine, city manager report. I have nothing to add this evening. Thank you. Thank you. Item 10, matters presented by mayor and city council members. 10-1, committee assignment reports. Appears that we have none. Um, item 10.2, uh, council member reports and comments. Just to let you know before that, we will, we're will we gonna adjourn the meeting as discussed prior after 10.2. Okay. Any items, any items for 10.2? Uh, yeah. Thank you, Mr. Mayor. I think we're going to adjourn on behalf of, in the honor of uh, our founder, for lack of a better word, Richard Reese. I, th I would like just to say a few words about Richard. And um, For those who don't know, Richard Reese uh, was the architect of our city. He designed our city. He, um, he used to work many years ago for city of Anaheim. He worked for Irvine Company. He was involved in developing not just Anaheim, but, but uh, Irvine itself, Woodbridge, other cities before he entered retirement and then got roped back in. You know, it's like being in the mob, right? They, they brought him back in and, <laughs> and they flew him over here and he saw this land and, and he agreed to build our city. And a lot of people are just unaware um, of what his involvement was and how detailed his involvement. And the lake is designed after his favorite painting, Surat painting. Um, the, the trees going north and south versus east and west are different. There's magnolia trees and there's jacaranda trees depending on which direction you're going. Palm trees were placed in areas of, of uh, public gathering. He wanted that to be significant. Um, he, he was just, he, he took a personal interest to the point where he moved here and he lived here uh, right next to the lake until his dying day. Um, I was honored to be sitting in Mayor Holloway's chair in 2015 when we agreed to rename El Portal um, Richard Reese Way. And I remember discussing amongst ourselves, what are we going to call it, Richard Reese or Kaye Richard Reese? And actually it was you, Mayor Holloway, who said, I think we should call it Richard Reese Way so we'll always remember to do things to Richard Reese Way. And, um, and, that's, and that's what we did. Um, uh, he was very touched by that. And I won't go into a lot of detail because I won't be able to keep a, keep a dry eye here. But I remember <clears throat> my wife and I having dinner at Carmelita's uh, probably 2017, maybe 2018. And I kept hearing my name. I kept, I kept hearing my name. I go, well, who's, what's, and I look up, and here's this gentleman, Richard Reese, standing at the gate. Have you ever been to Carmelita's? There's a little exit gate right there, and here he is standing by the gate, and he's calling me over. My wife, Julie, and I go up, and, and I won't tell you everything he had to say, but I'll just suffice it to say that he was so touched by the fact that we renamed that street in his honor. He was so happy about that, and I'm sure he thought about that all the way until he passed. Um, Richard Reese was a renaissance man. He was not just a city planner. He was a poet, a writer, an artist, and he was just a wonderful man. And I'm going to miss him not because of his intellect and not because of all the things he did for our city, which, by the way, includes attending almost every darned event. I mean, the last event I saw him at was the splash pad opening. And, but 
you'd see him walking around that lake twice a day, early morning and in the dusk. And uh, he would be deep in meditation. He was a big believer in that. And he would be involved in walking meditation. But as soon as you walked up and you said his name, he'd stop and he'd shake your hand. And with a, I always remember him with a smile. So I'll miss him not because of his intellect, not just because of what he did for our city, not just because we renamed a street for him in his honor, but for the kind of man he was. He was just a boy. You look up the word gentleman in the dictionary, and that's Richard Reese. He was a kind, loving soul. And um, I got April Josephson crying, so I guess I succeeded. He's a wonderful man. He'll be deeply missed. And we're going to honor him in the future, and we'll honor him certainly as all the days going forward. So I just wanted to to mention how much we're going to miss Richard and how much I love the man. Jerry, we have a slideshow. Pardon? We have a slideshow for him. If yeah, you, we're, would yeah, you we're like gonna, to? Oh, I didn't know that. We've got some conversation, and then they're going to show it. I'm going to okay, <laughs> we'll tell us. We'll come back. Tell to that. I didn't know that. Yeah. We'll come back to 10.2. If you want to go ahead and start. Sorry, I stole your thunder. I just did not know. Let's <laughs> <laughs> go ahead. This is kind of a, a thing we put together for the entire council, and then we can come back and make some other comments as we go along. It is our honor to dedicate and close this meeting of the Rancho Santa Margarita City Council in the memory of Richard Reese. So many people in our community have such fond memories of Richard, his role as a master plan planner of the city of Rancho Santa Margarita, along with his dedication and commitment to maintaining that vision. His urban village concept became a reality. Quote, an open setting where people could work, shop, and play near their homes, end quote. Those of us that live here now and all future residents of this community owe Richard so much. Being such a humble man, he didn't see it that way. We would offer our heartfelt thanks for his efforts, and Richard would politely, politely say thank you and give others the credit. Beyond his tremendous professional accomplishments, that will affect countless lives forever, Richard was as kind and caring a person as you have ever known. He so enjoyed talking with those he encountered, regardless of the subject. On a personal level, Richard spent countless hours talking to city staff members, as well as creating lasting memories for each and every city council member with his energetic and enjoyable professional and personal conversations. Our thoughts and prayers are with Richard's entire family, his wife Linda, son John, daughter-in-law Kathy, and his daughter Julianne. Richard was 95 years young when he passed on August 29th. His legacy will remain as long as the city of Rancho Santa Margarita. This would be a good time to continue our comments, Mayor Pro Tem. Briefly, I'm going to tell a Richard story. We met 27 years ago, and uh, we were actually put together in a room, uh, introduced to each other, and we were a debate team. And our, our job, since we didn't know each other, we never met each other, uh, we were uh, debating whether or not Rancho Santa Margarita should be part of something called a super city which went from Foothill Ranch uh, all the way down um, to the back of Rancho Mission Viejo and included 11 different communities. 
And so I was against that, and Richard was against that. And he was a great debate partner. And we became very good friends after that time. One of my favorite stories that I can tell about Richard is one I, I don't think I've ever heard anyone else tell. Um, we were standing at some point, you know, strategizing over cityhood, creating a city out of this community that he developed. And I, I asked him, where, you know, where did he get his inspiration, the typical uh, you know, kind of questions you would ask, and, and you know, he had some wonderful answers. And I said, did you ha ever have any reservations uh, during the, the time you were developing the community? Did you have any problems? And he said his biggest concern was that he was going to lay out this beautiful community, and no one was ever going to show up. And he kept having nightmares that, that, that he was the only one walking around the lake. Well, fortunately, 49,900 other people uh, showed up, uh, and so he never had continuing nightmares. When you think about you know, something you know, so daunting as you know, building a community, you know, laying out a community, designing a community um, you know, that was his passion and his vision, he had the same you know, level of concerns that any of us, you know, that, that work or were expected to produce, whether you're a high school basketball player or you're a city council member or you're an employee of a company uh, or you're a mom. There's expectations placed upon you, and his greatest concern was that his design would be not attractive to anyone to come out and see it. So I think that you know, his, one of his personal great joys, even though he was too much of a gentleman to say so, was that y'all came and showed up, and, um, and he appreciated that. Thank you very much, Mr. Mayor. Thank this you. is just Council enormously Member. sad to me. Yes. Councilmember Beal. Uh, thank you. I've, I've said it a million times, but Rancho Santa Margarita you know, is a master plan community, and that's what makes us different. I believe that's the reason why our residents enjoy such a special quality of life. And that master plan was dreamed up and led by none other than Richard Reese. And I'm just so thankful for him. And, you know, what he did here, people took note of all the way back to the infancy of this community, long before we were a city. Many of you may recall, some of you may not be aware, but Barbara Walters came out here with a 2020 film crew and did a whole segment on this new community that was about to be developed called Rancho Santa Margarita. They said, Rancho Santa Margarita, is this the new Shangri-La? And it's still available on, online. You could, If you haven't watched it, I'd urge you to do so. But it was different. It, it was done with purpose. Everything had a place and a reason. And we are the beneficiaries of that great vision. And I'm very thankful that those of us that have had uh, the honor and the privilege of being involved in this city, that we took the opportunity during his lifetime to let him know how much he meant to all of us and to this community. Um, We've mentioned that we've got a street named after him, and I know that was so meaningful to him, but it's an everyday reminder to all of us about um, 
the greatness that this man uh, showered upon this community. We honored him in a previous State of the City speech where it was the theme was keeping the vision in focus. And he was, he, the vision was a reference to his original vision for this community. And I will say that um, every, our city and every resident really owes Richard a great debt of gratitude for the tremendous community that we have and the uh, quality of life that we all enjoy. And to this day, every vote that I make as a council member, in the back of my head, I'm asking myself, does this protect or enhance the uh, original vision of this plan community? Because I really think it's critical that we protect that plan because it gives us that special quality of life. And I do that to this day, and my hope would be that every person who serves on this city council in the future, that they will do the same. Because the moment you start chipping away at that master plan and that vision and changing it just a little here or a little there, you chip away at that and all of a sudden you start looking like all these other places that everybody moves from to live here. So my hope is that those that come in the future to serve on this city will learn and know and appreciate the value of that master plan. And um, some of you may know, but he was a very accomplished uh, designer, and he designed some of the most fabulous communities, including Woodbridge, Turtle Rock, University Park, Tustin Meadows, Harborview. But you know what? When it came time to retire, where did he choose to live? He chose to live on the lake in Rancho Santa Margarita because he considered this community, Rancho Santa Margarita, was his masterpiece. God rest his soul. Thank you. Councilmember Figueroa. Well, um, I probably, unfortunately, knew Richard Reese the least um, out of all my, my colleagues up here, and that's just because of the, the least amount of time that I've been on council. But our city really owes Richard absolutely everything. Um, you know, nothing was taken for granted where it was put, and Councilman McGurr mentioned this. Um, everything was thought out extremely carefully. You know, where our business park is right now, where our retail centers are, where are all the different homes were going to be built. Um, and, of course, there was, there was so much new housing being done back then, but it was all extremely thought out very, very carefully. Um, and then, of course, our lake. Um, everything centered around the lake, um, which is really our famous landmark now in our city and what draws people here to our city who don't live here. Um, that's the first place I know we take our guests is, is to the to the lake to um, and, and family that's out of town to walk the lake and, and enjoy it and everybody always loves it. So um, we're all so grateful to Richard. Thank you, Richard, and uh, we'll never forget you. Thank you. Thank you so much. The next regular meeting of the city council will be held on Wednesday, September 27, 2023. This meeting is hereby adjourned in the memory of Richard Reese, 1927 to 2023. Meeting adjourned.